Father in heaven, we thank you. We thank you for the word of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the words of God that will speak to us through these pages today. Lord, open our hearts. We give them to you this morning and say, we want to hear from heaven. We want to hear from our Father. Give us living understanding and prepare us for the day and the hour in which we live and the days that are ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so we're in part two, which is the last part of a series on Psalm 91 and God's protection over his people in the last days. And I want to be clear that when I say last days, that we are living in the last days. So this message is not just for a future generation. This message is for us today. And the scriptures we'll be reading, even though some of them will be references to a future time, particularly passages from the book of Revelation, that um, we, this message is, is, is for the body today. And that we are moving towards this culminating point where we will be experiencing heightened levels of the presence of God, of angelic activity, and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. But when I talk about things that are to come, I am giving us a, a picture of, of also what is available today. And we want to start tapping into that. So we've been, we talked about Psalm 91 last week. We made it through all of one verse out of 16. So part two, we got a lot to talk about today. Um, so hold on. Uh, but I'm very intentional in highlighting last week, verse one, which I will read it again. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Say it with me. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Amen. This verse in Psalm 91 is of utmost importance because on this verse, the rest of the psalm hinges. That this is the condition, this is our part of the process to tap into and experience the promises that are laid out in the next 15 verses. That those who choose a lifestyle of resting in the presence of God, of spending time with the Lord, your heart will be at peace. Your heart will be at rest. And he will overshadow you with his protection and his covering in the days that are ahead. Amen. So we did actually read to verse four. Um, so I'm just going to pick up at verse five. And we're going to just read through the end and then we'll zero in on a few verses. Um, and my heart today, I just want to say too, before we read, is to um, not just do a, a breakdown of these verses. This is the backdrop because we're going to highlight today um, angelic ministry that is available today and that will increase in the last days. And how, how do we cooperate with that? How do we become aware of it? But then how do we interact and cooperate with the angels? Because he is the Lord of hosts, the Lord of heaven's armies. And we'll talk more about that. So, Psalm 91, verse 5. Do not be afraid. Say, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Of the terrors of the night, 
nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread, say do not dread, the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side and 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Say, will not touch me. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. Say, no evil will conquer me. No plague will come near your home. Say, no plague will come near my home. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. We're actually going to stop there. So notice how in Psalm 91, there are many promises of protection. There are many exhortations to not be afraid because of the protection that is promised. That no evil, as we declared, no plague would come near us in the days that are ahead. And friends, the thing that the enemy tries to place on us in the midst of trouble and chaos is fear. In fact, in our prayer guide for today, the scripture verse is, you have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a... Very good. We know our Bibles. It's very important to know what the scriptures say. Um, We have not been given a spirit of fear. Fear is a spirit. There is a demonic entity whose name is fear. And the thing about fear is that he puffs himself up much bigger than he actually is. And he actually puffs up all of the negative things around you much bigger than they are. So that that becomes your focus. But fear is this itty-bitty little guy. That's all it takes. Lord, we break the spirit of fear. We blah, 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 the spirit of fear. Blah, 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 the spirit of fear. Guys. He's not that big. You know who is big? God. (laughs) He is the most high. He is the almighty. He is El Shaddai. He is the one with all the resources. He is the creator of heaven and earth, of everything that is, that is seen, that is unseen. He is the one who formed the spirit of man inside of him. He is the one who, 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 makes, who calls things that are not as though they were, that he speaks into existence things that never existed, that he reigns on high, that he, he tears down kingdoms and he raises them up, that he removes kings and he sets them in place. I tell you, friends, in a time of shaking, in a time of demonic activity in the nations, that he sits on his throne. Do not be afraid. If you make the most high your refuge, no evil will come upon you, and no plague will come near your home. Friends, it is time to start agreeing with God on these things. Because when the disaster starts to surround us, That's what the enemy tries to get us focused on. But the whole point of this psalm is focus on Jesus. Focus on Jesus. Um, What I love about Jesus 
And what I love about the Lord is that he's not shy about telling us about trouble that's ahead. He's not shy about making us aware of it. So the context of this psalm is the trouble, but the point of the psalm is the presence of God. And friends, I want to talk to you today about the God who sends angels on our behalf. The whole point of this, that when it comes to being protected and overshadowed by God, see, there's a lot of pictures of the Lord in the scripture of, of, of that seem to have human and animal attributes like wings, face, hands, feet, eyes, nose, mouth, you know, a lot in our, in our Greek-minded thinking, we've thought of God as this super transcendent being that has no dealings with creation, with humanity, that has, there's no way that we can compare and attribute to him the, the, the attributes of, of humanity or of creation, but friends, all throughout the scriptures, it speaks of these physical attributes of God because he is communicating how he cares for us and how he relates to us and how we're made in his image. But he overshadows us with his wings. And part of that whole robe of righteousness that covers the Lord, the thing that he overshadows us with is a host of angelic beings that protect us in the trouble that is ahead. Angels are very active in the church today. They are very active in the world. And one of the key titles of God in the scriptures is the Lord of hosts. The Lord of hosts. Adonai Sfaot, the Hebrews would say. Um, the, what I love is the New, trans living, uh, new, new Living Translations translation. <laughs> uh, um, translation of that of that title the lord of hosts it actually says the lord of heaven's armies and this is very important because when when we read the scriptures we want to pay really close attention to the name of god that's being revealed in that particular passage and ask the question why is god using this name right now i was reading last night through the book of zechariah i couldn't go to bed could have been that i took a three or four hour nap yesterday afternoon um, and had iced tea for dinner. Um, <laughs> but I couldn't sleep. <laughs> so I read through the book of Zechariah <laughs> before bed. And um, there, one of the, the primary name of the Lord is the Lord of heaven's armies. And you see Zechariah start encountering all of these angelic beings and seeing uh, visions and dreams about the days that are ahead and the days in which he's living. And these angels are communicating with him. But when God is saying, I am the Lord of heaven's armies, he's telling his people two things. Number one, I am the Lord who has all of the resources and the powers and the beings of heaven on my side. You want me on your side. There's also a negative aspect to that for God's enemies that those who raise themselves up in pride against God, they challenge the Lord of heaven's armies. And just as a note, one of the primary ways you can challenge God is to challenge his people Israel. And he says in Zechariah that these are the apple of my eye. And anyone who touches them, I will raise my hand against them. 
and their own slaves will overthrow them. God burns with jealous love and passion for his people. And we take part of that because we've been grafted in to that olive tree of Israel. That we have been brought in to the promises and the blessings. Into the family of God. And friends, when people touch you and try to hurt you, they're facing a huge enemy. <laughs> um, and that is why I believe, as Tracy referenced in second, that as they went out to war, the Lord said, this is not your fight, this is my fight. Why? Because they've come against the people that I love. And God has a real issue with that. But friends, I will say, we need to be praying for our nation to stand with Israel. Okay. Let's pray. Father, we do pray for America right now. God, we ask for a nation that would stand with your people, Israel. And Lord, they are the apple of your eye. And that, Lord, we ask for the church, especially in America, to stand with Israel. We bless Israel today, God. We bless the natural descendants of Abraham. And God, we bless our brothers and sisters, a part of the church in Israel, the messianic synagogues, the churches in the land. Would you strengthen them in this time? Lord, would you come and show them that you are the Lord of heaven's armies? Would you come and show them that you fight for them, God? And that, Lord, many would turn to you in that land. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Angels. God created the angels. In the beginning, he created the heavens and the earth, and then he filled the heavens, he filled the earth. Angels are spiritual beings. They are part of created order. Job talks about the morning stars that sang for joy at creation. I believe that angels were present at the formation of the world and at the creation of mankind. I'm a bit of a Lord of the Rings nerd. Anyone that has taken Encounter Jesus School has heard me reference it probably at least 10 times. <laughs> but in... The Lord of the Rings, there's a prequel called The Silmarillion. And in The Silmarillion, there's a story of the creation of Tolkien's world called Middle-earth. And there are angelic beings that are created first. And the Most High God, which is clearly, Tolkien is not writing to try to get us to worship and think about a pagan god. He is clearly depicting the heart of the Father in these works. He's a radical lover of Jesus. Um, but the high God in this book creates these angelic beings and he begins singing a song and the angels start developing the theme and creation comes into being. C.S. Lewis, the magician's nephew, Aslan is singing over Narnia and creation is coming into existence. The morning stars sing for joy. Um, angels uh, were very active in both Old and New Testaments. Abraham in the book of Genesis has regular encounters with the angel of the Lord, which many have taken, which I believe is a pre-incarnate Jesus. Um, but he's also accompanied by other angels. Angels assisted Abraham in revealing the heart and the plans of God that when the Lord was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, 
the angel of the Lord and two accompanying angels came to share the plans of God with Abraham and invite him into partnership and intercession. These angels were sent to rescue Lot and his family from the city before the destruction came. If it weren't for these angels, Lot would have died. In fact, the mercy of God was so good towards Lot that the angels had to grab him because he was so hesitant and yank him out of the land and say, we have got to go. The fire is coming down, and I don't mean the good fire. Um, it is the good fire, but it's doing bad things to bad people. Um, yeah. When you say fire, fall down. Just make sure you know what you're praying. Um, um, but... Um, they were, they were very involved. You see them multiple times uh, throughout the Old Testament. Jacob, Abraham's descendant, has a dream where he sees a staircase, a ladder reaching up to heaven and angels ascending and descending. So they're, they're heavenly beings, they're spiritual beings, but they're very active in God's plans and activities on the earth. And Jacob even set up an altar called Bethel, which means house of God. Jesus said to Philip, to Nathaniel, rather, that you will see angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Jesus himself is the embodiment of the stairway between heaven and earth. He is the gateway. He is the open door through which heaven is released on the earth. And more than that, he has raised us up into the heavenly realms with him and placed us here on earth to where we are now gateways of heaven, of angelic activity being released upon this earth. And friends, angels ascend and descend over this place. They ascend and descend over each one of us. Why? Because the spirit of Christ is on the inside of us. And he is that gateway. And we have become a gateway. So, Psalm 91 says that there are angels that God sends to protect us in a time of trouble. Angels, we see also in, in a lot of the prophets. I mentioned Zechariah. Daniel has an intense encounter with an angel that is such magnificent descriptions are given of this angel that many scholars and commentators have, have, uh, have attributed this being to a pre-incarnate Jesus. I, however, do not believe that is the case. I believe it was a powerful, glorious angel that caused Daniel to tremble and fall because of the, the, the power that was radiating from his being. Daniel received revelation during a 21-day fast of warfare that was going on in the heavenly places. There were principalities of heaven and there were principalities of hell at war with one another. And they directly affected the, the military activity between the nations of the earth during that time. And friends, that very thing is happening today. In the New Testament, we see angels present at the announcing of the birth of Jesus. Gabriel visits Mary. A whole host of heaven opens up as the shepherds are tending to their flocks and they begin singing of the glory and the praises of God. In fact, one of the first hymns of the early church that we have recorded in the scriptures is that, he, that Christ came in the flesh, that he was seen by angels, and that he ascended to heaven in glory. Angelic activity is foundational to who we are as Christians. 
and to the ministry of Jesus. Angels ministered to Jesus. Some of us say, I just need the Holy Spirit. I don't need to worry about all these other angels. I have the Holy Spirit. Friends, Jesus needed the ministry of angels. And he had them at his disposal. And friends, we, we, I, we need a sense of fear of the Lord when, it, when we come into awareness of the angels that we're in partnership with. Because Jesus had a whole legion legions of angels at his disposal that he could have called down when he was being sent to the cross. He was being sent through the fire of testing and he had the ability to call down tens of thousands of angels and he didn't. Because he knew God had a different purpose in that moment. It's a little side note for later. That when we begin interacting and cooperating with angels, we want to get what God is doing in that moment so that we can partner with them properly. So angels were very active in the book of Acts that wind and fire came down at Pentecost with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Friends, it says in scriptures that he makes his angels winds and flames of fire. That not only was the Holy Spirit being poured out, but angels were coming and pouring out the Spirit upon the 120 in the upper room. They were very active in the ministry of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. Randy Clark has an excellent little book called Open Heaven that talks more about this, of how God is ministering with us. There are angels in here right now as I am speaking to you that are helping anoint my message. There are angels over you that are helping anoint you to be able to hear and understand what I'm saying. Angels would set free disciples that were thrown into prison. Angels appeared to Cornelius and the Gentiles were welcomed into the family of God for the first time in that dramatic way. The book of Revelation, angels are rampant. And friends, we don't have to wait <laughs> for, to start tapping into that activity. Um, I was praying with a, with a friend to receive the Holy Spirit um, a few months ago. I was in Israel um, and uh, got to, y'all, this is kind of my cool story. <laughs> I like cool stories. Um, we were doing a tour of Israel with about 50 university students this past May. And uh, I, uh, um, they allowed me to preach during, uh, in the upper room, the actual upper room, <laughs> or what's traditionally <laughs> regarded as the upper room, on the day of Pentecost. <laughs> guess, what I, <laughs> guess what I preached on? The Holy Spirit. <laughs> and, uh, and what was really exciting is that a number of these students were from uh, church backgrounds that didn't really talk about this or that had taught against it, rather, um, the, the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit in these days. Um, so I got one of two responses. Either people were coming up to me asking more questions or they were completely avoiding me, including eye contact. <laughs> so... Um, but there were, I just loved the hunger that stirred up in some of these students. And I was praying with one young man to, uh, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
we were at the dinner table after dinner, and as we're praying over him, I see in my mind's eye um, an angel come over him and start pouring a, a bucket of oil inside of his heart, and this, this golden oil. Um, and moments after that happened, he starts shaking and slowly goes down on the table like this. His eyes are in the back of his head. And I'm wondering what to do in that moment. Um, <laughs> things like that, you just got to let the Holy Spirit do what he's doing. And <laughs> don't try to add to it or anything. But um, just have fun with it. Um, anyway, he, he came out of it, and he was a different person. <laughs> um, an angel was assisting me in ministry right there. You know, we've had um, worship experiences, and there, there are people in our body that, that can hear audibly angels singing during worship. And uh, we would, um, I used to be a part of a Monday night set, and, uh, and, and two of our worshipers would regularly hear angels and, and start looking at each other <laughs> and start saying, did you hear that? Did you hear that? The rest of us are like, no, but they're like, yes. <laughs> so we're asking God to open our ears. Um, but um, I, have, I, I have not had a moment where I have seen with my open eyes, like I'm seeing you right now, um, an angel. I have typically seen that I've felt their presence. I've seen them in my mind's eye. Um, and I've seen them in dreams. Um, the, the closest experience that I've had to actually seeing a, an open-eyed experience and a vision of an angel um, is uh, I honestly don't know if it was a dream or if I was awake or if I was in the body or out of the body. <laughs> it was a, a couple of those experiences. Um, so a number of people in our body, they, they see them in their mind's eye. They see an internal picture. And, um, and I believe that many more of you are going to start seeing things like that. Um, many of you have probably seen them in dreams. That if you have a dream with a person that has no face, like no distinguishable facial features, and they're helping you in a dream, it is 99% <laughs> um, uh, guarantee that that was an angel. Um, so um, I wish I'd asked this question before, but how many in here have had um, some kind of experience where you've seen or, or interacted with an angelic being. Okay, okay, a number of you, probably about a good half of you at least in here. Um, I believe that, um, I'm just going to say this because I believe it, I believe at the end of this year that we're, um, many of you that did not have your hands raised um, will have raised your hands by the end of this year. Because God is increasing our awareness of angelic activity. And that's why I'm talking to you about this today. Um, because as our awareness becomes, uh, as our awareness increases, those antennas, those spiritual antennas that God's given us on the inside, um, begin to pick up their presence, their activity. Um, some of you may have um, gotten the feeling, either during worship or during, uh, even just in your day-to-day -day or at work, that someone walked right past you. And you turn around and no one's there. And the AC is not on high. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes people feel things, y'all, that I just, I just, I'm not sure about. <laughs> right as the fan goes on, do you feel the wind? 
Yes, I do. <laughs> Turn it off. Oh, it's gone. <laughs> kind of play with them a little bit. Like, do you feel it now? <laughs> but a lot of the time, I believe it's actually genuine from the people I know, at least. Um, people get funny about it. Um, sometimes that you'll just uh, you'll feel it on your body. You may feel a heat on the outside of your body. You may feel like this cool flame, or almost like icicles pricking you. Um, it's it's. I loved. Uh, we had a preacher here, Dubs. I don't remember his actual name, but he he gave this really insightful statement about distinguishing between something being the Holy Spirit and something being an angel. And um, he said, if you feel it on the inside, it's the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit lives on inside of you. Fill it on the outside, it's an angel, because angels are on the outside. I'm like, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> so I've taken that to heart, and I think you should too. Um, you might, uh, um, I mentioned dreams. Um, if you see an angel, what do you do? Can I talk to an angel? Should I interact with an angel? What do I do in that moment? Um, an angel, he is sent to minister to you. And really, another translation of Hebrews 1 is the angels are sent to minister for those who inherit salvation. And there's a difference there. Ministering to you means you get all the ministry. Ministering for you means they cooperate with you to serve and bless others. There's a gift of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians called the discerning of spirits. And a lot of times we've taken this to mean, oh, I can sense that this person is good or bad, or, or if, you know, if there's an angel or a demon and da-da-da. I, I, and I, I believe it's all inclusive. I believe that it, there's an element of the, sensing the presence of the Holy Spirit, of discerning the thoughts and the intents of the hearts of the spirits of men, and discerning the goodness um, or the badness um, of, of an angelic being. Because there are good angels, there are bad angels. Um, and discerning of spirits kind of gets a rap for people feeling demons all over the place, you know? And, um, and that's actually a helpful gift. Um, but um, I believe that the, the, this gift is most culminated in the actual seeing and beholding spirits um, and, and seeing them with the naked eye and being able to discern whether they're good or bad. So, um, and I believe God wants us to be zealous for the spiritual gifts. That um, we, sometimes, some of you may be feeling right now, well, this is kind of weird. No one's ever talked to angels, talked to me about angels before. What do I do with that? Um, Paul says, be zealous for the gifts. Earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Um, it's our inheritance. But here's what's really important about the spiritual gifts that I want you to keep in mind. It's for the building of the body. Okay. I've had a number of people come up I want to see visions. I want to see angels. I want to see that. I want to feel this. I want to feel that. And, and I love that. I'll, I'll pray for anybody that comes up to me and asks for that. Um, and uh, I just want us to keep in mind that we're not asking that. We don't ask for a gift for us to hoard and to enjoy all to ourselves. And we definitely don't ask for a gift so that we're cooler than the guy or girl next to us. <laughs> 
And I honestly think some people do that. And that's not God's heart. Now, God loves you, and often he'll still bless those people anyway, <laughs> and they actually will be cool. It? But, but it's <laughs> eventually they find that that coolness is not really satisfying them because that's not what the gift was for. The gifts of the Spirit are for the building up of other people. God gives you a gift to bless the person next to you. And that's why when we ask God for the Holy Spirit, when we ask God for bread, that he loves to give it to us because those things are not just to feed our hearts, but it's to feed those around us in need. Friends, ask for your daily needs, but ask when you think of God God bless me, God bless me. Even when you give your offerings, God bless me. I want, I'm sowing a seed, God, to reap. Don't think of it as just, I'm, I'm playing the lottery here, God. I'm really banking on your promises so I can get the big bucks and buy that big house I want, um, which the Lord may want to bless you with. But I'm saying when you sow your seed, the reaping of that is so that you can be blessed to bless others. <laughs> Blessing others, the blessing of Abraham, the blessing that God put on that man's life was to bless all the families of the earth. And friends, the reason we ask for blessing over our lives is yes, for our lives and for our, our immediate family, but it is to bless everybody around us. And when we ask God to open our eyes and our awareness to angelic activity and to start partnering, cooperating with the angelic hosts, that are with us, it is for the building of the body. Psalm 91, verse 11. He will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. Angelic activity empowers us to defeat demonic attacks. And this psalm, when it's talking about pestilence and destruction, it is tying it in with this lion and this cobra. It is tying the chaos and the trouble surrounding, um, surrounding you to, and it's attributing it to demonic activity. And friends, the, the book of Revelation gives us more insight of, wow, this is what, what this is going to look like in the days of head. And one of the trumpet judgments of the book of Revelation, the abyss is opened up and a whole host of demonic locusts come and start terrorizing people on the earth. 200 million demonic horsemen are released in one of the trumpet judgments that will kill men with fire, with smoke and with brimstone. What do we do when we're faced with outward trouble or very direct, blatant demonic oppression? And I tell you, John's asking the same question. Why is this so severe? What's going to happen to the saints in the midst of this? And then Revelation 10 and 11 comes in and we see this huge angel shining bright and glorious and he puts one foot in the sea and one foot on the sand <laughs> and he is towering over the earth. 
He's not dipping his foot in the shore and the other one on the dry sand. Friends, one foot is in the center of the land, one foot in the sea. This thing is huge. John sees an angel in the book of Revelation, and he says, I saw an angel standing in the sun. It's pretty intense. The sun is really big. I'm not an astronomist, astronomer, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> I did take an astronomy course. I made a B plus. That, that, that course was hard. <laughs> I'm a good student. <laughs> I don't make Bs, <laughs> but I made a B plus. Um. <laughs> the sun is really big, I can tell you that. <laughs> and an angel is given power over fire. <laughs> The king, uh, Hezekiah, he is being um, invaded by an Assyrian army, um, an army to the north that happens to be, um, happened to be uh, localized in, in modern day kind of Iran and Russia area. And this army starts to invade the land of Israel. And Hezekiah proclaims a fast, and he starts seeking the Lord. Actually, I think I'm missing, mixing my stories, but he does start seeking the Lord, um, and the Lord is saying, don't worry, we're going to handle this. And he spreads out all the threats and the accusations of the Assyrian king, and the Assyrian king goes directly against the God of Israel and says, no gods of any other land have saved their people. Your God, Yahweh, will not save you, I guarantee you. And he was terrorizing, he was using an intimidation, a fear tactic amongst the people of God. But one angel wipes out 185,000 Assyrian soldiers in one night. They wake up dead. <laughs> they don't wake up. <laughs> they wake up, oh, I'm dead. <laughs> A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not touch you. It will not touch you because the angelic host is ministering with us, friends. We've got to get our antennas up because when these things start coming upon us, if we take a posture of fear and intimidation, we will end up giving territory over to the enemy that he has no right to have. But when we start setting our gaze and setting our focus on the Lord of heaven's armies, the one that can send one angel to wipe out an entire army, one that can stand in the sun, who's one foot on the shore, one foot in the sea, to empower the people of God with a prophetic ministry that fire would come out of their mouths and destroy anyone that tried to harm them. Those are the prophets of Revelation 11. And friends, I believe that God is preparing his people in such a way to steward that level of power and authority. But we want to center our hearts on the will and purpose of God. Because when we start trying to call that down without maturity, Jesus rebukes us and says, you do not know what spirit you are of. 
God, should we call fire down from heaven on the Samaritans? No, that's not what we're doing right now. But friends, when we get in the heart of God, Father, what are you doing in America? How are you releasing angelic activity? Lord, what are you doing in the nation of Israel? And God begins to show us his heart. We can start partnering and praying that, Lord, release angelic hosts around the nation of Israel. God, release angels around your people. God, release angels of healing as we pray for the sick. God, release angels of harvest as we go out to the dart stations, to the mall, to to your college campus. Lord, Send angels on high with me and begin to agree with what he wants to do and be confident in the protection that he will give you with them, okay? Now, it's gonna wrap it up. Let's just wait for a moment. Close our eyes. Holy Spirit, thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not touch you. It shall not touch you. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not touch you. God, there's chaos around me. God, there's trouble around me. God, my this person is sick. This person is this. This person is that. Is it going to touch me? Is it going to affect me? A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand. It will not touch you. It will not touch you. But God, there's disease, there's pestilence, there's destruction coming. It will not touch you. No evil will come upon you, nor will any plague come near your tent. Father, we thank you right now. We thank you for the protection of your, of your overshadowing presence. We thank you for the host of heaven. We thank you for the armies of heaven. We acknowledge you right now as the Lord of heaven's armies. Worship team, I'd like you to come on up. I had an experience in 2009. Tracy's house, that's where our house of prayer was, in her, John Tracy's little side living room. And just sitting in the presence of God, listening to worship on CDs. Same CDs every week. <laughs> over and over and over. <laughs> and we just come and sit. And I'm sitting in a chair. Um, and I begin to go into a trance. What I mean by that is that I begin to lose mobile faculties. And I began um, experiencing the, the presence of the Lord in a heavy way um, to the point that a dear sweet woman who's a nurse thought I was having a seizure. Um, but <laughs> we'll skip that part. I wasn't having a seizure, never had a seizure. Um, and as we uh, went to a back room, we began to pray some more and just pray for the Lord to continue ministering to me. I, I go back into this experience um, 
and the Lord, and John Eckert begins reading the book of Revelation um, out loud over me. And, um, and the Lord just begins to... Um, Lord just begins to take me into his heart and uh, and just take full possession of me. And and I didn't see a whole lot in that experience, but I I began to become very aware of the of the trouble that was ahead in the last days. And here is something very important that the Lord emphasized for the days that are ahead. Psalm 91. Psalm 91. Psalm 91 over every saint in the house of prayer. God has called us as individuals and as a community to be a storehouse for this city. And he has set us on a wall of intercession and he is going to be giving us physical and supernatural resources in the days ahead. Because I tell you, the world will be overpowered by that little demon called fear. But the saints who give themselves to a lifestyle of the presence of God and the protection of God will rest under the shadow of the Almighty. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. God, how do we partner with these angels that are available to minister for us. The first thing is we become more aware of their activity. And as you read the scriptures, as you delve into Psalm 91, begin to agree with God and thank him for the angels that he set to protect your life and to keep guard over you. It puts your antennas up. Second, we ask God to open our eyes. When the Aramean army was coming up against the nation of Israel in the days of Elisha, his servant was in panic and in fear. And Elisha said, God, open his eyes. And when God did, he saw chariots of fire surrounding the people of Israel. So we say, God, Open our eyes, open our eyes. What do we do if we encounter an angelic being? Do I talk to it? What do I do? Scripture is full of interaction and dialogue with angels. You can talk to an angel that appears to you. In fact, a true angel of the Most High will not allow you to worship him. If he wants your worship, you accidentally start worshiping him like John did in Revelation he'll rebuke you unless it's a demon a true angel of God will not preach any other gospel than what has been handed down to us by the apostles that Jesus Christ 
who was in the form of God, took the form of a slave, became flesh, that he died for our sins and his, his atoning sacrifice provided forgiveness of sins. And on the third day, he rose from the dead and he ascended on high and he appeared to many around us. Friends, Jesus is risen from the dead. He has ascended into heaven and through baptism, we are buried with him and we are raised up into newness of life. We are seated in heavenly places and we have a host of heaven to minister for us, to gather in a great harvest of souls in these last days. I want us to stand and do a couple of things. Stand up. Similar to what we did last week, the Psalm 91 has things to declare about God. So we're gonna declare that and you'll just repeat it after me. But we're also gonna renounce and, and um, break any agreement with fear. And uh, Jeremy led us in a lot of uh, corporate deliverance from that a couple of weeks ago, but for any that were not here <laughs> or that have felt a sense of fear, trepidation. Um, and we wanna renounce it on behalf of the body of God, deliver the body of Christ in America from fear. We wanna stand in the place of our brothers and then declare what Psalm 91 declares. So repeat after me, Father in heaven, we declare that you are the most high, that you alone are our refuge our place of safety. You are our God and we trust you. We renounce fear and we put our trust in you. Father, deliver your people from fear and help us to trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Remain standing. Father, open our eyes. Open our eyes, Father God. Just begin to pray and ask him right now. Father, open our eyes. Show us the host of heaven that is fighting for us, that is fighting with us. And we declare that if God be for us, that no one can be against us. We thank you, God, that we have not been given a spirit of fear, but we've given, been given a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind, that you are the Lord of heaven's armies. God, show us these angelic beings. Show us what is at our disposal. God, show us who is ministering for us. But God, even more than that, reveal yourself as the Lord of heaven's armies, as the one who fights for us, as the one who protects us, as the one who loves us, as the one who puts his embrace over us and overshadows us with his love. We love you, Father. We bless you in Jesus' name.